Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, welcome to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International here in Lee Summit. My name is Ryan, and I'm on the ministry team here at Journey hosting with Pastor Christian today. This Sunday's message was a discipleship panel. Uh, yep. We called it Spiritual Movement. Uh, was it part of the Vision Month series? I guess it is. Absolutely, Not yeah. one of the messages. Um, but right in the midst of our Vision Month, um, we want people to understand discipleship. So we'll be talking some about that. I want to welcome you if you're listening for the first time. We're glad you found us. As always, we encourage you to listen to the message. Watch this panel beforehand. It'll help you as we unpack things today. But people tune in all the time trying to grow in their faith. We hope to activate people through this Activate podcast. So we started our week of prayer. Yeah. Um, always a really incredible time. Can you describe to me the impact I was standing there with you as you saw hundreds of cars rolling in for our week of prayer? I, Ryan, for me, it was, um, it was encouraging and affirming of the spiritual hunger of our church. Um, you know, especially in the year that we are in. So, you know, 10 years into our church, we open a new building. And because it's on the tail end of two years of um, the season of, of COVID and social unrest and the election and just lots of things going on, uh, it, it just felt like in life, um, for teachers in school, for coaches in sport, and for churches, it just felt like time for a reset. And for us with a fresh building, it certainly felt like um, time to just relaunch our church, like just start over. Uh, September 18th of 2011, with about 100 people, we started a church. Ten years later, with about 1,000 people, we felt like we were starting a church brand new. And we we very intentionally went through a three-year process, the three calls of Jesus to his disciples, come and see, come and follow, come and die. We knew that 2022 was going to be a year of come and see, which is hard for a, a pastor with a discipleship missional bent who's 10 years into his into leading his congregation to step back and do a year that's pretty surface of just come and see who Jesus is, a year that's pretty attractional. Let's attract people who don't know Jesus to what Jesus is doing at our church. Um, and to hope after a year you haven't built or created or facilitated or nurtured kind of a shallow church of people that are fine being, you know, kind of a mile wide but an inch deep, good with an hour on Sunday. To know that in this year of come and see where we are very intentionally trying to throw a very, very big net. We're fishing with a net, not a pole this year. As many people as possible to come in and see the work of Jesus at Journey, to see how many of them are already very, very hungry for spiritual breakthrough in their own lives tells me that we don't have a church um, a mile wide but an inch deep, but we, we have a church full of people who carry their shovel with them and they're ready to dig. Like when you say, here's a spot where you can go deeper spiritually, they start digging. I think for me, that was the most encouraging part. It really felt like that we picked up right where we left off kind of before COVID of being a church 
um, a church that has a culture of prayer, a desire to pray, and a church that will see breakthrough because of prayer. And certainly those who've heard preaching know that it's not an inch deep. Sure. They know that we have in-depth Bible teaching, sure. and we've rolled out discipleship tracks right in the midst of all of that. We've right. also expanded all the things, which is part of what we wanted to do this weekend in yep. this, this panel. So this was a, a, cross, uh, a cross section of our church and our discipleship team, right? We had yep. students up there, kids, yep. church planning, adult. So as we look at that, what have you seen as the trend in discipleship over your last 20-plus years of ministry? So I, I think the biggest trend that I have seen is that we have to get people's spiritual walk in their own hands. We have to decentralize that discipleship is the, ter- is the church teaching you content, and we have to see discipleship as an equipping of people to walk with Jesus on their own. Um, I, you know, I, I think you would say in the past that churches uh, who had a little bit of discipleship, um, you know, had a, had a buffet, but maybe just with, you know, chicken nuggets and French fries on it, and you could come serve yourself, but everything they offered was, um, you know, was calorie light um, to churches who, you know, had like a robust discipleship ministry, but it was still a buffet. They were just serving like steak and seafood, but the church was preparing it all. And I think what we have done is we have tried to, and I think you've seen in the church the last 25 years, churches trying to teach people to become chefs rather than serving better food. And for us, the equipping and the mobilization of we, we have to teach people how to walk with Jesus, and we have to show them what movement is so they can catch a vision for their own life and lean into it, not just learn more, not just graduate from another course, not just go through a specific curriculum, but really connect to and begin to walk with Jesus. And I think the thing that for me was so fascinating, because as we put the panel together um, and we put it together together, um, the first question that you ask, like, you know, how would you, how do you see discipleship and what would be the verse to hear Mike and Heidi and Becca and Christian and even you share different pictures of the same thing, Mm -hmm. spiritual movement with Jesus and what discipleship does in your life and what discipleship represents in your life uh, was just fascinating to me to see and feel everyone's heart for their own discipleship journey and what they've experienced and then to see their desire to see others discipled for the purposes of spiritual maturity, not just spiritual knowledge, um, I think was really, really big. And, you know, probably if I could boil that three minutes down into the shift, I think we see, we've, we are seeing a shift in church that discipleship is spiritual maturity, not just spiritual knowledge. Uh, we're trying to get people to really walk with Jesus and become like Jesus, not just know lots of things about Jesus. Yeah, which actually leads us into our next question, right? Our our church understands that discipleship is not all about information. At least we want them to know that. That's right. kind of a trend we want them to understand. In fact, Pastor Christian Gracia, right, our church planning resident, uh, who was part of the panel, said, our way of life should compel others to follow Jesus. So how is that mentality far beyond just growing in knowledge? Well, knowledge is a part of it. So as we put our discipleship track program together uh, two years ago, we just looked at the Great Commission 
go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I'll be with you always, even till the end of the age. And we said, there's some things in the Great Commission that are very specific. Um, one of them is knowing that Jesus is with you always. So they have to personally know Jesus, teach people, I'm with them always. We have to teach people how to be aware of Jesus, how to walk with Jesus. Jesus said, teach them everything I've commanded. So there is this element of biblical teaching. They have to know that piece of information in order to understand who Jesus is, to understand his direction and purpose and mission and ministry in life. Um, They have to be baptized. They have to identify with Jesus, and they've got to be able to take all of Jesus' teaching and apply it to their life. But then as they live their life, they've got to disciple other people. And I think so often the church has said discipleship is that teach them everything Jesus said. Okay, that, that absolutely is a part of it. But if they, if they learn that without learning how to apply it to their life, and if they learn that and apply it to their life without being able to teach someone else about it, and if they learn it and apply it to their life um, and they want to teach somebody else about it, but they're not consistently daily the rest of their life walking with Jesus. Like there are four real distinct parts of discipleship, and information is, is a piece of it, but certainly not the goal of it. And Jesus would tell Pharisees who had one part of spiritual knowledge with no parts of spiritual intimacy with the God of heaven, um, that like knowledge, like knowledge puffs up, like, you know, tons, but your like your heart is very far. Like your head is in the game, but your heart is not. Um, and it's almost impossible to replicate your life if you're just talking about replicating knowledge. So I think you have to replicate the spiritual maturity, the spiritual movement, the spiritual fruit, so that people can see who Jesus is in us in a tangible enough way that they can see who Jesus is not yet in them so they can make strides toward looking a whole, like John the Baptist said, I got to become less of me. I have to become more of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a, a great part. And and then Heidi, our, our kids director uh, shared from third John one, four, it said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my mm-hmm. children are walking in the truth. And then she said this, which is a great truth. Spiritual growth brings joy. How true is that statement? I, I think spiritual truth and spiritual understanding of life are the only things that allow you to experience joy in the midst of a, a world that doesn't sometimes offer it or allow for it. And I think it is the thing that allows us to choose joy. Uh, so Pastor Chris Hodges at Uh, Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama, several years ago at Christmas, did an entire series. It may have been in that 2020 season where the theme was choose joy. Mm, Um, Like you, you have a choice as a Jesus follower, you have a choice to, to choose joy because I I don't know if you remember when we taught through the, um, the spiritual fruit, like every Christian, if you can picture them having a backpack carries around all nine of the spiritual fruit at a time. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like you at any minute have access to joy because of Jesus, but, but you have to choose it. And I think what Heidi is saying is the more kids know about Jesus and the more kids can apply Jesus to their circumstances and their situation and their experience, and the more kids can have trust in Jesus and the more kids can look forward to one day being with Jesus, the more, the more opportunity they have to choose joy in their life. And when you're when you're growing, it brings peace and joy. But it, it does, also yeah. 
part of of discipleship is it brings so much joy in you to see it happening in someone else. Oh, for sure. Right? Like when when I've gotten to be a part of discipling my kids or some guy in a men's group, to see him from the beginning of the group to the end of the group. Yes. I've got a guy that I've now seen every day at prayer who I got to lead in Bible study 18 months ago. And to see the develop in him, every time I've walked by him as I'm praying has brought me such joy. Yeah. I just thought, wow, you have grown so much. Yeah. And even for me, getting to getting to lead our church through week of prayer without having to lead the week of prayer. I mean, every time I get to sit and watch Christian Gracia or you or Danielle or Ashley Moore, one of our missionaries, um, present and lead our church. Yeah, it brings me so much more joy to watch those who I get to live life with spiritually lead than to lead myself. And no sometimes doubt about laughter. It. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's with so- you, lots of laughter. <laughs> lots of yes. laughter. And actually with Grassi. We'll yeah. see if Danielle's funny tomorrow. Yeah, well, probably the not. The bar's high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Ashley won't be funny at no, all. No. But, yeah. Be impactful. Yes, impactful, yes. yes. So Mike shared Colossians 1, 28-29, which says this, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. How how does uh, or how has this been a reality in your ministry life? So I love the thought first um, that I'm going to fight with everything in me until you mature. I have I have found again for hungry people, and I think we have a church who lives in that beatitude. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, when you have people who are hungry, who will eat whatever you set in front of them, discipleship is hard because Christianity is hard. Yeah. Uh, the discipler is walking a hard Christian path, and the one being discipled is walking a hard Christian path. And the pace of our culture, which um, is not conducive to discipleship, makes it hard. But if, if you will fight for your men's group, if you will fight to get in your women's group, if you will fight to read the Bible through with a group of guys, if you will fight to meet people for prayer, if you will fight to clear your schedule to serve in the community um, or go on a missions trip, uh, I I think the joy you get when, like an athlete, um, the game is over and you're bruised and you're bloodied and you couldn't play another minute, but you've won, um, that joy is worth that strenuous activity. Uh, and I think when it comes to discipleship, we have to realize that, that the, the hard, long days and nights of ministry are worth it if we're moving people towards maturity, knowing that one day they're going to be before Jesus and, and we're just helping them um, get better. We're helping them arrive the way that Jesus would want them to arrive. So I love that verse. When we were sitting in my office and Mike said, this is my verse and this is my thought of discipleship, that you just work your butt off and you don't stop until people are mature. I thought, man, that's it. And that's, that's the guy you want leading your discipleship ministry and your spiritual care apparatus. Yeah, and we've just got more and more opportunities from one-on-one options. We've got more yep. and more of those developing to, to larger group stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of great opportunities that we hope to celebrate more and more people not that you'll ever become fully mature until we're right. with him, but we're right. heading in that direction. We want to help more and more people. So Becca, our student director, 
man, she has a passion to reach and disciple students. And, and you were a youth pastor for nearly 10 years. Uh, why is this age group of kids so important to our ministry efforts? So you heard um, Christian Gracia as he led through prayer and his corporate prayer emphasis at the end talk about the latest Barna research that 94% of all Christians became Christians before they turned 18. Only 6% of adults who are not Christians by the age of 18 will, will become a Christian, according to most recent statistics. So from like when I was a student pastor in the late 90s, early 2000s, for me, my passion was help Christian teenagers get through the teenage years because the teenage years are the hardest and they're not going to make it without Jesus. That is still a reality. But I think watching, um, watching where our country is moving and watching very specifically the trend in secular education and uh, very particularly higher education, uh, if you if you don't help kids know who Jesus is while they are shaping their worldview and before they decide they, they know it all, by the time they turn 18 or 19, you're going to have a world that's not neutral towards Jesus anymore. They're hostile towards Jesus. So where 25 years ago it was important for me to help Christians get through their teenage years by having Jesus, now I think there's even more of an urgency that if while their hearts are soft, if while they're asking the right questions, if while they're trying to figure out who, who am I, what am I, why did God create me, what did God create me for, they're beginning to ask those questions now between 8 and 16. If we don't help them understand while they are searching that Jesus is the answer, by the time they turn 18, they kind of quit searching. And they look around and say, I guess this is my lot in life, so I'll figure it out um, by myself. So I think there's even more urgency now not to help kids make it through their teenage years, but to help kids get to their adult years with a foundation that will hold, like one of the songs we sing, with an anchor that will hold behind the veil connecting our hearts to God. Yeah, and and I can say as a dad like you of a, a soon-to-be 21-year-old mm-hmm. and a 19-year-old this weekend, I'm, I'm thankful that they both have been through our student ministry. They love Jesus. They love church. They come here whether we bring them or not. Yeah. They serve. They want to serve. And so you know, i got two more coming, but, but I'm thankful for, I, I think that has worked in their life and hopefully yep. continues. Yep. Yeah, and I, and I would tell parents uh, who are listening, like you and I did. There, there were days when our sons did not want to go to student ministry, um, but we were the parents. Mm-hmm. There were days our sons did not want to go to school, yeah. but we were the parents. There were days when our sons did not want to come home from their dates, but we were their parents. Mm-hmm. There were days our sons did not want to work a job, but we were their parents. Yeah. Um, I would tell our parents, be parents, and on Wednesday night, get your kids to student ministry and let them take a week off work and go to student camp and sign them up for that Guatemala trip that our teens are going to take from time to time and just keep putting them in front of Jesus because our youth ministry and our student ministry staff and student ministry leaders, if, if they get enough cracks at a kid, um, Jesus might not capture their heart, but their heart will be open to who he is and who his people are. And you just got a, you just got a way, way, way better shot. And as we found, connect them to Sunday. Yes. Get them 
get them in the auditorium, get them serving, yep. have them greet, be, have them in the parking lot, get them a part of a team that makes a difference. Yep. Yeah. So uh, as always, the fourth discipleship track is a leadership track, right? Mm-hmm. We always want to help people take what you've learned from a message and help. What would you have someone share from this message with someone else? Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm discipling somebody and I hear this message, my goal is not to go give them more content. My goal is to look at the life of a Christ follower and to say, what is your, what is your next step? And to, tr- and to try to help them take that. So for me, it's not just discipleship is more than studying the book of Romans. Discipleship is what, er- what area in your life does not yet look like Jesus? And how do we move one step closer? Um, so, you, so you're a Bible scholar. That, that's great. But you're also a jerk. That's not great. Let's take a step in the right direction. Um, you worship passionately, which is awesome, but you gossip like crazy, which is not awesome. Let's take a step in the right direction. Um, you know, you, you are very vocal about your beliefs, um, but you're antagonistic towards people who don't know Jesus yet. Let's take a step forward. I, th- I think we begin to see discipleship as maturing and movement, not just knowledge and information, um, so I try to hone in very specifically on something I see, and I say, hey, when I look at your life, the area that least reminds me of Jesus or looks the least like Jesus or opposite of Jesus, as I disciple you, this is the one we have to work on. So what do we do to see movement just a little bit at a time in that area? And as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, we ought to welcome that not be offended by it. It's hard to hear sometimes, but we, yep. we want sharpen me, be yep. my friend, help me. I want, I want more of the fruit yep. of the Spirit to come out. I want and, to look more like Jesus. Yeah, and, and as I'll say in next week's message on September 11th on spiritual community, Christians filled with the Holy Spirit, um, they always welcome feedback from trusted community. Yep. Talked about that a little bit today in, yep. in your prayer devotional. Uh, when trusted spiritual community comes to you in the right heart, um, in the right way, Christians always want to lean in. Yeah. And the people who run away, it, it, yeah, it makes you question something about either your relationship, your approach, um, or, or their desire to be, to be more like Jesus. Because the Spirit inside us always longs for more of Jesus. And if, and if we can figure out how to show people that, most will want to take steps towards maturity. So question about the transition of the yeah. podcast. We touched on it last week, but can you address that again for some listeners? Yeah, so coming out of two years um, where a lot of people have moved to a faith experience of content over community. Uh, you know, people who had never before experienced an online church service, an online podcast, were forced into a season um, where their participation in spiritual things was all virtual. And, and, they, and they really enjoyed it. It actually gave them a more flexible life. Uh, it allowed them to kind of do the Jesus thing on their time, took a little less sacrifice, took a little less gas, took a little less getting up in the morning, way less of a headache of having to put up with people. But, but, an un, but an unsustainable practice. Uh, you and I on this podcast are not anyone's small group. Yeah. Uh, so the original reason that we started this podcast 
was to help people learn how to engage in their spiritual community and to have the spiritual conversation that people should be having with their friends. And a lot of people took it and said, well, Brian and Christian are my friends, and I just listened to them talk about it. Um, we don't think that will do the job of maturing somebody. We think it's probably more information than incarnational or changing in their heart. Um, so we're going to transition this podcast to, to a content-based um, platform. And from time to time, when we have guests in or we want to drop four to six more episodes of content that we don't have time to preach on Sunday, like next spring, we'll be in a series on Matthew, in Matthew 19 on marriage and divorce and sexuality and gender. Um, you know, we probably won't be able to take four to six weeks and just preach on marriage or we'll stay in Matthew 19 for a year, but we can do three or four podcasts um, where we can talk about marriage and strengthen marriages. Um, we've got some blended families we're going to bring on the podcast and say, all right, tell us how you do it, your family and her family coming together and kids and stepkids and how does this all work? We think this can be a good place for extra content, but we think it's a bad replacement for community. So we're going to call time out on it while we try to push our entire church in, into community in the fall. And then we'll let people know um, as, as the podcast drops new content for some very specific things, we'll let our church know. We, we also wanted to cover this today at church. We weren't able to. So um, on our YouTube channel, uh, on our Activate podcast platform, uh, we've dropped a couple episodes on this information that we think will be really, really valuable content. Well, thank you again, Pastor Christian, and uh, thanks for allowing us to host this discipleship panel. Um, if you haven't found a group, haven't found discipleship, we have lots of opportunities. So if you haven't yet, please visit our website or the app, and you can get you can find a list of options where you can get plugged into a group, a community, where you can grow and make some some great friends. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's your, if it's your first time, we're glad you found us. If you're here in the Kansas City area, come and visit us at church at either 8.30 or 10.30 on Sunday morning here in Lee Summit. Love to hear how God's working in your life. You can always email us or ask us a question at activate at takethejourney.cc. Otherwise, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.